Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we are at episode 160. That's pretty awesome. I'm kind of excited about that. We're going to be talking about some current events. Uh, Mark and I were just talking together here at the house and exchanging information. We like to look at all different kinds of headlines. And then, depending on the headline, we delve deeper into the story. And he and I were talking about this today, and I said, you know, some of these headlines really would have an effect on a prepper or someone who's into preparedness. And so we got to talking about it some more, and and we said, this is a podcast. This is going to be something that we share just from current events. We are sponsored tonight by ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Digital Group is a web hosting, web design, app creation, logo design type of company. So if you have a need for that sort of service, ProLine Digital Group is the folks you want to call. And I want to title this by saying we're going to be talking about the trucker protests, severe food shortages, and both of these very well could be coming to a town near you. We're primarily speaking to the North American listeners at this point, Mark. This could even go across Europe. Now, the supply shortages are going to be, to some degree, worldwide, not just limited to North America, but are going to be, to some degree, worldwide, especially if Russia were to invade Ukraine. Ukraine is a major grain exporter, and they export to many areas, and so you could have shortages just because of an invasion. Now, some of our information tonight, after we talked about this and put some things out, I went back over the past few days of the Forward Observer Daily Brief, which we thank them for providing this information for us and the ability to share that with you. And Forward Forward Observer is founded by Mike Shelby, and they are a group of former military intelligence analysts And they keep up with things that are going on around the world. They have different contacts. They're able to get behind-the-scenes info in some things. And they're just, most of it comes from open source. But they are able to really dig down and get into some information to provide that to you. If you do have an interest in Forward Observer, they are linked off of our website. So just go to www.com practicalprepping.info. You can click on the banner there. And again, we appreciate them, and we certainly appreciate ProLine Digital Group for sponsoring this particular episode. What are we going to deal with first? Well, let's, let's give an update on the Canadian trucker protest. What are we looking at this time of the week? In case some listener is not familiar with it, it is... Canadian truckers who are protesting the mandates in Canada. They want all of the mandates lifted. Mandates for? COVID vaccines. COVID vaccine. And what really brought it to a head was when they made it mandatory that any driver, any commercial driver crossing the border must be vaccinated. 
And there's a lot of goods and products that go across that Canadian border in both directions. Now, oftentimes, a Canadian driver will drive either to just north or just south of the border, drop that trailer, and then a U.S. driver will pick it up and continue on into the United States, and it works the other way as well. But they are requiring a COVID vaccination to be fully vaccinated before they can cross that border as a commercial driver. And so they put together the trucker protest, and they began converging on Ottawa, and there were thousands of trucks in Ottawa, and many of those still are. And they're just sitting there, and they're honking their horns. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. No matter what the Canadian government has said, this thing's not gotten violent. This is not you know, a violent protest like we saw in the peaceful protests. Well, you know, it's not like they're they're using words like occupied Ottawa. Mm -hmm. But yes, like you said, there are no destructive practices going on. There's no burning, no looting, no explosions, no harm uh, from one person against another. In so, fact, the crime rate in Ottawa has dropped since they've been there. I understand from some of what I read that the political climate is becoming divided as well. Mm -hmm. We're finding that a lot of Trudeau supporters are now Speaking out against him, uh, members of their parliament who are in the same party as Trudeau are coming up now saying, you're going to need to handle this differently and better because what's, what you're doing now isn't going to work and is not a sustainable model. Canada is getting tired of this. North America is getting tired of this. Well, it expanded and another group of truckers have basically locked some of the border crossings down. And they've got extremely long backups that are blocking traffic on those bridges that go across. And some folks, now it's not totally blocking the border. There are ways around it, but any trucks that are going around it have to travel something like 70 more miles to be able to cross the border. Mm -hmm. And they've got these two-lane bridges just locked down. With It's a parking lot of trucks. And the folks of Canada, as around many other places in the world, are very supportive of these guys. Yes, I think a lot of people that are even pro-vax are supportive of their protest and feel that it needs to simply be a matter of personal choice and personal liberty. And I know a lot of people have their own ways of justifying what they think, how much liberty should we give up for the good of the greater population. You know, the funny thing there is that a lot of these guys are vaccinated and fully vaccinated. Yes, it's the, it's the mandate that's mm -hmm. causing it's the, the trouble. It's the mandate. They want mm -hmm. all the mandates lifted. Mm -hmm. All right, let's look at the response by Ottawa. One of the things that they did is they confiscated a lot of the fuel that they had set up in like a fuel dump. They had diesel fuel available. They had propane bottles there that these guys could get refilled, and they're using them for heaters. They're using them for cooking. And so they've gone in and they've confiscated that fuel. So guys started carrying fuel in five-gallon fuel containers, and they're now confiscating those containers, and those folks are subject to arrest. They're cutting off their food supply and their fuel supply. They're not letting people bring in food. 
And I'm not sure how pervasive this confiscation is going with the, they call it the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And I believe that there are some divisions even on what the police are willing or able to do. Uh, Some of them don't want to make a move Mm -hmm. on these protesters. They're watching them to make sure that they're protected and that they also, this does not escalate, you know, to something that it shouldn't escalate to. And so it's been two weeks now and it's been largely quite peaceful and very organized. So there's there's a lot of controversy. Well, they have said that it will be impossible to, or near impossible, to shut this down without the use of the military and the military has vetoed that. Yes, this is that's almost a martial law type of situation. That's not that's not the ribbon you want to pull just yet. I think there's a lot of blow and a lot of hot air that comes from the political side of it mm-hmm. in a way to try to thwart it and scare people off from what they're doing. And one of the most controversial aspects has been the revelation that the GoFundMe pages that people can set up to fund this thing, this had already become... Something like $10 million. Right. And then GoFundMe wanted to exercise some sort of authority of their own. Well, they were asked by Trudeau to block it. And they were threatening to take the monies and uh, only offer a very limited time for donors to receive a refund. And then they were. And you had to request it. And that they were going to take any unclaimed monies and donate it to a cause of their choosing. Yeah, so what people started doing was doing chargebacks on their debit and credit cards, which was costing GoFundMe 10 to 15 bucks every time they did that. Every single time. So they said, we're going to lose our backsides on this. So then they came to the idea that they would just automatically refund all of the payments and the donations that were made to the truckers. Well, there's also been some litigation that's already been entered into in the state of Texas and the state of Missouri have opened up litigation against GoFundMe. So they've now there's probably going to be either a court battle or something's on the the steps of the courthouse. There's also been talk of congressional investigations of GoFundMe. And you know it's interesting that they block this particular protest. This one. This particular subject and they've blocked other conservative uh, efforts to raise money, but they were all willing to accept donations for BLM and for Antifa mm-hmm. and for the rioters and such as that. The so, ones who were actually breaking some laws right, and hurting people. Right, the peaceful protest. I understand. In air quotes. And it's just, it's gotten to where it's ridiculous. And it's political hypocrisy, and it is ticking folks off. Well, even the tow truck companies were approached by the authorities Mm -hmm. in Ottawa to say, go and pull these trucks, tow them off. And the tow truck companies have stood firm and said, we will not. Right, and they were trying to do that on the bridge, too. And The first call that they made in Ottawa is all the tow companies claim they couldn't respond because they all had COVID. Oh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> now, with some of the things that are going on here and the blocking of the conservative issues with GoFundMe, I don't know how new it is, but there's another alternative, and they are accepting money for the Canadian truckers. You want to share that? 
Are you talking about the Give, Send, Go? Yes. Yes, spelled G-I-V-E-S-E-N-D-G-O. Give, Send, Go. And this is a group that will accept money for conservative causes and will not interfere. I'm not saying they won't accept you know, liberal or progressive causes, but generally this is a good alternative if you want to be able to contribute to a large funding process cause and they won't interfere with your uh, purposes for where that money should go. And because of GoFundMe's response to this and the way they've handled it, I will never use GoFundMe again. Now, I've never used it to collect funds, but I will never donate again through GoFundMe because of this. This could nail them into the ground, you know, for it. They won't be able to sustain their model on just causes for which they agree, per se. When we first touched on this, and this is some update on the Canadian truckers protest, we asked the question, what if this spreads to other countries? What if it comes to the United States? Well, guess what? March 1st, will be Convoy to D.C. And this is a group of truckers starting in Los Angeles, and they're going to be convoying to Washington, D.C. And there'll be others join along the way, and there'll be many come from other directions that congregate on Washington, D.C., and they're going to be going after the very same thing, get rid of the mandates. So, yes, that's been reported Obviously, March the 1st has not arrived yet, so that's going to be one of those issues that we're going to keep an eye on, and then we will report as there is any movement one way or the other. But I did hear an interview with the organizer, and he said that the target date was March 1st, but it could be a little bit earlier. Hmm. You know, this leads me into my next headline topic, and that is food shortages. We were talking the other day about we've noticed, again, more empty shelves in our local grocery stores. We're seeing, and for what they do stock, it doesn't appear to be the same depth of merchandise. No, they're uh, spreading yeah. it out wide to make it look for Right. Something I used to do in my store, I had a little pet store for 30 years, and I know what it means to take, you know, 12 products and spread them all the way across in one depth on your shelf to make it look like you've got, you know, 12 rows. But it, with grocery stores, a lot of times these jobbers come in and they're vying for space and they actually pay, particularly the chips, they actually pay for their location. And so it used to be that you would see one row, you know, of every different kind of flavor of soup or chip or cookie or cake mix or what have you. And I've noticed, too, in the fresh produce sections, which we get fresh produce year round because we import it from South America, from Costa Rica, Central America, Mexico, and other various tropical areas around the world. So we'll have fresh produce all the time. And it generally, it's a completely filled and very elaborate selection of very, very many different kinds of foods. And now I'm starting to see less and less and less diversity in the produce department. We're just pretty much seeing a few standbys and a lot of the uh, exotic type things just aren't there. And bins that used to be overflowing and piled up are now half full. They're half full and they're going fast. And so we're beginning to 
see more evidence of food shortages, which we touched on this several weeks ago. Actually, back in 2021, we began to see this trend happening again. We thought we'd sort of seen the end of it with 2020 ending and then getting into 2021 and things looked a little better. And then, there, yeah. Now the head of the WTO, the World Trade Organization, said that the supply shortages could go on into 2023. Well, everything has a domino effect. I mean, if you talk to any farmers, and there's a lot of farmers conventions that are going on right now, and they're all getting together and commiserating with one another because every one of them has the same complaint. And it doesn't matter if you're a big shot commercial farmer or if you're just one little guy with five acres and a dream. You you have found that the cost of farming has not just inched up it is exponentially increased that it has especially with fertilizer now one of the things that i saw today and i saw a news coverage on network news actually and that was that we are seeing a baby formula shortage across the united states mm-hmm. and they say that supply is down 17 percent. well that would represent a pretty large number yes it would uh, I, I would think that the amount of baby formula used is pretty consistent, and you take 17% out of it, and you're going to have some shortages. And some of the chain drugstores, one of them had notified many of their customers about this issue, and they were trying to work out some other deals to be able to get more formula. So we've got a couple of little babies in the family. Actually, we've got three right now. So I text that to all of our girls, the mothers or foster mother of those babies, to just beware. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there and you're a young mother and you have a formula that you're using or have been using, now might be the time to bump it up a little bit in case you can't get it. And don't wait till you get into the last can before you go trying to replace it. Go ahead and get a couple of cans, and when you open the last one, start looking. Right, and you know, that leads me to thinking about not only the shortages, but the inflation that has struck what is available. You know, for the things that are in the stores that you can buy, you're paying more for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, from top to bottom, I haven't found anything untouched by some price increase. Tell the bacon thing that you were telling me today. Yeah, I had been to our local wholesale club. I'll just tell you the name of it, and I go there frequently. It's Sam's Wholesale, which is a a division of Walmart, but it's the wholesale club. You do pay for the membership, but you can go in and you can purchase things in bulk or uh, at severely discounted prices. And so it's a great prepper source, resource, I should say, for being able to stretch your food and water preps and clothing and that other type of thing. So I was recollecting that probably as recently as three years ago, I was kind of paying attention to a product that I had not purchased before, but had begun to purchase, began to purchase at that time. And they have this large pack of pre-cooked bacon. It's like 70 plus slices of pre-cooked bacon. And I've 
bought it and I would actually put it in the freezer. I mean, it would last for months and months and months. And when I wanted one or two slices of bacon, I could pull a couple of those out, zap them in the microwave for a few seconds and, you know, instant bacon. And I like that because anybody that loves bacon like I do, but also realizes it's kind of a big deal to, you know, take raw bacon and then cook it. And, you know, it's it's kind of a thing. So that pre-cooked bacon is great. Anyway, I noticed when I first purchased it, it was $9.99. Now that was a whale of a deal for 72 slices, I think, of pre-cooked bacon. And it was a name brand too, not a generic brand. So it was $9.99 for, you know, 18 months. And then it was like $10.49 in 2019. And then it got to be eleven sixty nine in late twenty nineteen. By twenty twenty it was starting to inch up to eleven ninety nine and it hung on to eleven ninety nine from twenty twenty to about November of last year. And of, I hadn't twenty twenty one. Yeah, I, of twenty twenty one. And I had not bought this particular product. I just hadn't thought about buying it. Well I was there today. And I said to myself, go buy some bacon. And I went over there, and I looked at the price, and my heart sank. I still picked up the package, and I still bought it, but it was $17. $17. And I thought, wow, you know, that's just indicative of some of the meat inflationary prices that are double digits in some cases. Well, we're sitting on global prices being near historic records. And we've got some highest price increases ever. And over the last year, now this is year to year, we've had a 17.3% increase in meat prices. Yeah, that's just an average, of course. Well, that's just meat by itself. Yeah, mm -hmm. averaging the different cuts and all of that. Pork, beef, and so on. Right. So meat prices have risen 17.3%. And you've also had shortages And you add the shortages and the inflation, and meat at times can be hard to find. Mm -hmm. But now vegetable oil in that same one-year period, inflation has taken it up by 33.9%. I mean, if you looked at that, and if that was your APR for your credit card, you wouldn't use it. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to use one anyway, but... But a 34% increase in a 12-month period is just stupid. It is. Now, add these prices to the supply chain issues. Oh, boy. And, you know, we've still got the shipping congestion coming into the ports. We've got a lack of trucks being able to haul the materials because of the lack of drivers, because some companies have gone to mandate COVID vaccines, and some folks have left because of that. And these grocery chains and the distributors, they use a just-in-time delivery. When we were kids, uh, actually one of my first jobs at 16 years old was working in a grocery store. And we had basically a warehouse upstairs. And one day a week, a tractor trailer would back up to the back door. Now, this was a small town, small grocery store, but a tractor trailer would back in with an entire load. And we would manually take that off the truck, put it on a conveyor belt, run it up, and then stack it. And as we needed it throughout the week, 
we would go up and get it and bring another case down, put it on the shelves. Well, today, they might be running four trucks a week into a grocery store. Exactly. And the idea there is that the grocery store was having less inventory, and it was a just-in-time thing. So a lot of these box stores, it would be delivered and brought out and set in the aisles to be able to be put on the shelves this afternoon and tonight. Mm -hmm. So they've gone to that just-in-time delivery, and it's creating problems now. So likely, a lot of these distributors will implement AI-enabled, that's artificial intelligence-enabled logistics, and this is for forecasting to target the shipments. Now, the problem with that is that causes a substantial risk as cyber attacks. Look at what happened, and I'll just mention Colonial Pipeline. Mm -hmm. Hackers out of Russia were able to shut that down, and they held that for a ransom of millions of dollars. They put this ransomware in. They make the ransomware attacks. And we could very well see that on medium and large size logistics company, not just the distributors, but even the, you just think about the, you can go on your phone and you can track your package that you ordered from Amazon and you expect Jim to deliver that day after tomorrow because y'all are on first name basis. He comes here so much. <laughs> and imagine, since you can track that at every step, and the last one, it will say out for delivery, and then mm -hmm. it will say delivered. Mm -hmm. Imagine a cyber attack on that, and it just shuts theirs down. Right. They don't know. They literally, the right hand won't know what the left hand is doing. No, they'll have to go back to manually operating, looking at the actual address and sorting it. Where this stuff is done with barcodes and such now, and it automatically mm -hmm. routes it to what conveyor belt it needs to be on. We could be facing some substantial risk to our cybersecurity. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. And here again, we're not trying to scare you. We're just telling you what we're seeing, intelligence that we're getting, information, and we're just drawing from that what could happen to the average prepper. Well, it's because we believe that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. uh, you can quote me. No, I didn't make that up. But knowledge is power. And sometimes we do have to face hard issues and difficult choices because we're adults, we're grown-ups, and we're living in a world that's just broken most of the time. And how are we going to make it? So we, as preppers, we have made the choice that we're going to make it. We're going to do the things that we need to do. And sometimes these, these this means that we have to face hard issues that we'd rather not. And it means that we have to spend our money buying food rather than taking a vacation it, or doing some that. of the things. I mean, we don't eat out near as much as we used to because of the cost of it and We've chosen to save that amount and put it in other places and do a better job of budgeting. And what we were talking about the other day with getting our financial house in order, we're just concerned. Now, will we go a three-week period where we can't buy anything in the grocery store? I doubt it. I doubt we'll go a three-week period where there'll be no groceries coming in. How many fights are going to be over that food shipment coming in 
what could happen if they try to intercept it before it gets to the store. When folks' children get hungry, there's no limit to what they might do. Well, and that's why we just want to help you get into a position where you're just not even involved in that, that mm-hmm. you can just coast right so through. So if, if we've got a month or two of supplies saved up, put back, ready to cook, or even more, we're not going to have to be going to the grocery store fight that's going to look like Black Friday on you know sales on TVs. Another thing that you throw into this is the inflation rate and the amount of money that it cost us more this year than it did last year. Now, the government CPI indexed inflation rate right now is sitting at 7.04%. I looked it up a while ago. That's the January figures. The February figures won't come out until in March, but January to January, they admit to a 7.04% inflation rate. I think it's probably closer to a 9% if we get down to to honesty. Now, some things are much more than that. We mentioned meat. We mentioned vegetable oil. How about gasoline? How much was a gallon of gasoline a year ago? A year ago? Uh, 2021? February of 2021. I mean, it was, it was just over $2. Something like that. I'm thinking you're thinking back 2020 or sooner because 2021, a new administration came in and immediately the 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 two the two dollar gas was at the three dollar. It went up when they cut off the Keystone Pipeline. Right. I, I remember better. Yeah. If you go back 18 months, it was right around two dollars mm-hmm. or less. We were buying it for less. Mm-hmm. Now, what has gasoline done? I mean, it's gone up. It'll go up each day. I mean, it can be different from one day to the next. Oh, yes. And and even you drive by, I drive by one in the morning going to work, and it's this price, and I drive back coming home, and it's this price, and right. it's gone up that day. Mm-hmm. So we need to be storing up food. Not a bad idea to go ahead and keep our tanks full, rotate our gasoline storage, which, remind me, we're going to need to do an episode that really includes our gasoline rotation storage system Mm -hmm. and we need to be able to get ahead of the things that could possibly be coming again we're not trying to scare you we're just trying to share information with you if you've hung on this far in the podcast we certainly appreciate that and you may be the ones that have the more interest The ones that heard the topic and clicked off and have their heads in the sand, they're going to be on their own and wishing that they had taken some steps. And we certainly want to thank Forward Observer for some of the information that we were able to utilize tonight. And again, if you'd like more information on them, go to our website and click on the banner, and that will take you to Forward Observer. And we certainly appreciate ProLine Digital Group. They do host our website, they built our website, and they designed our logo. And if I can ever figure out what we can actually have an app for, because I don't know too many prepping podcast apps, I wouldn't mind being the first. If if anybody could do it, it would be ProLine Digital. Oh, I know ProLine Digital. I've just got to come up with a concept that'll work. (laughs) But we appreciate them, and if you can use website hosting, Uh, Go and compare the price you're paying to them. 
and if you need logos, they'll work with you. They're very, very good. They've made subtle changes that we ask for in there, and even to the degree of changing the font on one of the lines, they, they were well happy to accommodate them. And let me also indicate that ProLine Digital Group isn't just for an individual. They work with schools, they work with churches, workplace organizations, charities, community groups, corporations. I mean, it doesn't really matter who needs to be served. In all of those areas, these are groups of people that need a web presence. And they also have, for small businesses, they have a digital lead generation program. Yes, that's very exciting. And that's great. I was thinking about it the other day, and he explained it to me a number of months ago when we were talking about it. And if you're a local landscaper, if you're a local attorney, if you are a bakery, bakery, it's what they call what's what they call the gig economy too. The ones that just kind of work on call, like telegram deliver or uh, young ladies that dress up as princesses for birthday parties. You know that they call it the gig economy. Okay, that's very popular. That now. and and I know this works very very well with like the yard signs when they put out yeah the big giant letters in the front the yard. the big giant letters mm-hmm. in the front yard spelling out happy birthday or telling everybody it's your fiftieth birthday. It works by generating leads for those specific people. So if you have a small business, if you sell something on the side and you would like to have more leads to be able to put your product in front of, these are qualified leads when you get them. These are folks that have gone searching for you, and now you want to be able to contact them. So give them a call about that, too. Now, it just dawned on me. You were talking about the apps for schools and churches. I know the church that we attend has an app, and you can get all sorts of things on there. You can get sermon notes and what have you. But I can see where that would really come in for a school to have its own app to be able to do all sorts of things. And on that app, they could even be putting lesson plans or they could be putting homework on there so that the parents are checking to make sure that these kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing instead of what I did. No, I don't have any homework tonight. (laughs) So I'd wind up trying to catch up two or three days worth of homework in study hall or something, but they can be checking up on kids and what needs to be going on. But I'm rambling here, but we certainly do I wish you would go and check out ProLine Design Group and... ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Digital Group. (laughs) Uh, I said ProLine Design so many times, but that is their website until that gets changed, is Mm ProLineDesigns.us. And they are linked in some of our show notes, and they are linked off of our website, not only on friends and affiliates, but they are linked from the front page as well. Well, I think we've had a good episode here, and we've shared a lot of good information. Anything else you'd like to add here? Well, I have enjoyed our current events class, and I think this is something we will visit again in the future. Because, you know, every day brings new changes, Mm -hmm. and every day brings new challenges. Ooh, I just made that up. And that's because I have a prepper mind, and so I have a prepper mindset. I look for these headlines, and I want to ask myself, how does this affect me as a prepper? And I know if we get affected as a prepper, it's a pretty good chance you'll be affected as a prepper. So I think if we just all kind of link arms, 
Keep our eyes and ears open. Look out for each other and have your ear to the ground on what's going on in your community, your state, your nation, and your world. Because preparation is all about knowledge, and knowledge is power. And if you find information that you would like to share, send that to us, and we'll be glad to put it on the website, put it on the Facebook page as well. As a side note there, a few of you have asked about seeing my Jim Curtis knives. I posted that to the Facebook page today, so you can go to Facebook under Practical Prepping, and you can see the beautiful knife that I'm wearing right now that I wasn't able to wear last week. So we will see you next time. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.